everyone. Welcome. Amanda Grace here with you today. We have, I think it's going to get very interesting. Let me just put it that way. We have Mike Thompson here with us. He's got this amazing book out called Third Heaven Authority. I, I told him before we even started, I said, Mr. Mike, I want to hear all about this. This is right up my alley. So we're going to bring him on in a moment. And guess who just let themselves in before I opened up in prayer? Missy and Cyrus, because I have two of the smartest dogs in the world. Hello. Oh, you're going to say, we're going to open up in prayer. So you guys are going to have to be good for like a good two minutes while mommy does this. But Missy knows how to open doors. And I never know when she's going to uh, decide to grace us with her presence. And now Cyrus has become her sidekick. Mike will probably find it very interesting that this dog is named Cyrus. He's a German shepherd and the Lord sent him to be at our sanctuary right before the indictment. So he'll probably find this whole story very interesting and maybe we'll get into it. So let me open up in prayer and then we're going to bring in Mike Thompson. Father God, in the precious name of your son, Jesus Christ, we come before you. We praise you that you are almighty God. You are high and lifted up far above every power, principality, and might. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise due your name. Lord, we humble ourselves before you this day, asking that the pull of the flesh becomes less in our lives, so you, your will, and your power become more in our lives. We acknowledge you sent your son, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, to the earth, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He was the Passover lamb, the sacrifice for our sins. He died at Calvary willingly and purchased us by the shedding of his blood. And that blood dripped onto the mercy seat, purchased us back to our father in heaven. Jesus rose again in three days. And after appearing to many victoriously rose back to heaven and took his rightful place at the right hand of the father, where he rules and reigns forevermore. And we honor that before you this day, father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we invite your presence in the presence of the Holy spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh to fill where we are, Lord, to lead and guide us in all wisdom, counsel, my power and the reverential fear of the Lord by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, by the spirit of the one true living God, may only the truth and power of almighty God with authority now come forth in Jesus name. Father God, Every plot scheme, contract, a thought, uh, weaponry, blueprint, attack, and strategy of the enemy, satanic agents, dark forces, unclean spirits, puppets, and agents of the enemy, and the like that would be attempted against us. We take authority in the name of Jesus Christ. We rebuke it and command it be canceled, nullified, aborted, dismantled, destroyed, bound, and cast back to the dry places, pits, and areas that you have designated, Lord, to be bound there in the name of Jesus Christ and not return or have anything sent in its place. Lord, take all the glory for your yourself. You are the potter. We are merely the clay. You are the author and finisher of our faith. Without your breath of life in us, Father, we don't have life, Lord. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise this day. The word of God says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord, and we praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Okay. I always like to hand it over to the Lord. I just find things go better that way. And so let us bring in Mike Thompson. Hello. Hello, Amanda. God I've bless got three you. Dogs you in look here. good. You look okay. wonderful. And I've got three dogs in here. Public service announcement. Uh, okay. that well, let me do it. <laughs> I'll give you a public service announcement. Come here, girl. Come here. I'll show you mine. Oh, please do. It'll make me feel better right Come now. Here. Come here. Come on. Come on. This is Glory. Oh, She's my little prayer Cyrus is mine. Cyrus, so like, to... <laughs> oh, come say hi. There he is. This oh, is yeah. 
Hallelujah. These are newest that we took in at the sanctuary. Oh, wonderful. So, mm -hmm. There aren't yep. any better people than dog lovers. Yeah, their dog lovers are wonderful. And I, lo I love your little glory. That is so adorable. As they're playing, right. you see the wrestling going on? We're going to get them out of the office in a minute. Otherwise, they're going to continue this, Mike, through the whole interview. Okay. They will continue to wrestle. So you have a new book out, Mike, because you know a lot. You see a lot in the spirit. The Lord has given you a lot of wisdom when it comes to this. And you have this new book out called Third Heaven Authority. So I'm going to let you explain what Third Heaven Authority is all about and how the Lord prepared you to write this book. Oh, I would absolutely love to. And just a heads up mm -hmm. to everyone in the audience is that uh, our studio is being renovated this week, the next few weeks. So I'm broadcasting from a different location. And for some reason, once in a while, the audio cuts out. So we're just going to run with it and I'll just keep talking if it happens. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Keep going. Third heaven. Okay. Third heaven authority. Wow. You know what, Amanda? Uh, you know, my wife CK and I, uh, we've been in the ministry now as of this year, 50 years. I'm sorry, 45 years. We've been married 50 years. We've been 45. Oh, a jubilee. It's a jubilee for you. 50 years. Ah, it's glorious. And during <laughs> that time, the Lord has blessed us so, so much. I mean, you know, walking in the spirit and everything. But I had an experience actually 12 and a half years ago. It was in 2010. And that's what the book comes from. Okay. Is that in this experience, I was in a prayer meeting. This prayer meeting was in a city where there was going to be a large evangelistic crusade the following day. And the host pastors invited my wife and I. We took some uh, leadership people with us. And we were in this high-rise hotel, the penthouse suite, and praying. It was the night before, and there were about 50 believers there just praying, interceding. I mean, everybody was doing a bang-up job, you know, just like, I mean, English and tongues and decrees and all kinds of things were happening. And I was walking around looking out of the windows at the lights of the city because it was in the evening. I went over into the living room area, and I sat down on the carpet, leaned against the wall. And as soon as I did... The Holy Spirit grabbed me by the shirt collar and just lifted me and took me away. Now, it surprised me because I didn't know it was coming, but I'd had those kind of experiences before, so I knew what was going on. And I went right up through the ceiling and then through the roof of the hotel. Mm -hmm. And I looked down and I could see all the lights of the city that I had previously viewed, but I looked up. And when I looked up, there were many small, dullish, reddish, and amber-colored lights in the atmosphere. I knew those were demonic forces because mm -hmm. there was no glory. There was no brightness. It was just dull. And so many times, you probably experienced the same thing, Amanda, that in the spirit, when I have visions or I see things moving around, I can tell not only by uh, the impressions, but also by whether there's glory, whether there's light on those things, what's demonic yes. and not. So yes. that was the experience. And then I just went right through them. 
and I found myself standing in the throne room. And I was looking, and there was the throne, and Jesus was seated on the throne. When I did, the love and the compassion just absolutely overwhelmed me. The very first thing that I felt standing there before him was complete love, acceptance, and value. I mean, all of the hooks of the second heaven, you know, of the spiritual atmosphere around the earth just came out. The things that we struggle with here on the earth. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about fear and condemnation and lack of self-worth and, mm-hmm. and all of these things. They were completely gone. And I just looked at Jesus and I felt the warmth. And then something on the inside of me was so amazed that I just, without it coming out of my mouth, just internally, I just said, Lord, is this who you created us to be? Is this what a new creation, a child of God is and feels like? And it was just overwhelming. And even to this day, when I'm caught in situations where my emotions are trying to run away with me, et cetera, about certain things, I still remember that peace, mm-hmm. being in heaven, being with Jesus. Nothing could touch me. And it was so dynamic. Praise God. And then I, I just launched in. I'm going to tell you the whole vision. Tell, tell to, please one. tell me. I want to hear the whole vision, the whole vision. All right. You got okay. it. <laughs> and uh, so then the Holy Spirit just took me and spun me 180 degrees around. Mm-hmm. My back was toward the throne and I was facing out into the rest of the room. And by the way, I might mention that this whole room in this experience was made up of and filled with uh, the colors and the sights and the sounds of heaven. They were unbelievable. The depth of the colors. And it was like the walls and the ceiling were all this swirling mass of rainbow colors. It reminded me of Ezekiel 1 and also in the Revelation where Ezekiel and John described the rainbow over the throne of God. And that's I the real rainbow, that. people. That's the real one. That's that's the real. That's the true glory of God. <laughs> and it, But it wasn't in a rainbow form like we would look at a cloud. It was swirling. The colors were moving. They were alive. And they were just swirling all over. And so when he turned me around, I could see in front of me that there was about a six foot in diameter hole in the floor. It was a portal. And I walked over and I looked in the portal and the portal was foreseen from the third heaven. I might mention my teaching, my understanding of the three heavens, the first heaven being the stellar heavens, the physical universe, Mm -hmm. the earth's part of that. The second heaven is a spiritual realm that coexists with it. And that's where the activity of demonic spirits, mm-hmm. angelic spirits, human spirits, Holy yes. Spirit, spiritual beings. Third heaven, the dwelling place of God, the throne room, the place where uh, saints go to when they go on to be with the Lord. So third heaven. So I'm looking, this portal is from third heaven, looking through the second heaven, down to the first heaven, in other words, the earth. Mm -hmm. 
And as I looked all the way down, I could see in that city, that prayer meeting that I was in. And up above them, I could see those dull, small, reddish colored lights. But above them, I could see something else. There was a larger, greenish, dull light. Mm. They couldn't see him. See, they were doing a good job down there. But from heaven, I knew this from the, through the portal that on the earth, they were dealing with things on the linear level around them. They were looking up and from their perspective, looking up, they were doing spiritual warfare and they were decreeing. They were doing a good job, but they couldn't see what was above them. From my vantage point, heaven, mm-hmm. looking down, I could see it. And through my back, the voice of the Lord came. It came from the throne and into my back. And it reverberated on the inside of me. And I heard the Lord say, that's a general. That's the head demon that's giving the orders. Mm. And, you know, for all of the lower level demons. You know, go ahead. I was going to say, and and this is a good point to touch on, maybe you could just for a moment, that there are different rankings in the kingdom of darkness. There are divisions and there are rankings and there are higher ranking demons. And then there are those that the orders are given to, to carry it out. Uh, There are different divisions, perhaps, you know, you have the powers of the air and you have other divisions. So maybe you could touch on that for a minute, that that really does exist. It is structured. Absolutely. Right. And I do cover a lot of that in my book mm-hmm. also. I'll keep saying that throughout the entire thing. Uh, in Ephesians, you know, yes. when Paul mm-hmm. said that uh, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, you know, that uh, w- we are combating the strategies, the deceitful tactics mm-hmm. of the enemy. Yeah. And then he said that our warfare, our wrestling is against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this realm and spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So there is a rank and file system. It's orderly. Um, You know, Satan is, he may be dumb about spiritual things and about the kingdom of God and what's going on, but he's not stupid. In other words, he's highly organized. That was my only point. Yeah. That we look at his wickedness, but that does not, that is not paramount to, total chaos. There are spirits of chaos that he yes. sends into the camp of, of the saints of God in order to sow chaos and confusion, but they are still under the authority of other demonic forces. So mm-hmm. okay. it is highly organized. Mm-hmm. So here's the head demon. Here's the guy that's in charge of this entire city, so to speak, in the demonic realm. And then I hear something else come and it just right into my back, the voice of the Lord. But this time, instead of just staying there and resonating, it comes out my mouth. And he said, first of all, the first words, launch your warfare from here. And that's before the words came out of my mouth. That was the initial part of it. 
and like a split second, man, I was going, my mind was thinking about all kinds of things about uh, our spiritual armor and why do I need spiritual armor to do spiritual warfare from heaven? And, and the Lord answered every one of those questions. Uh, but then it just rolled out of my mouth. I looked down. The, here's the second thing that I felt. The very mm-hmm. first thing is the absence of all of uh, the condemnation and the other things. And I felt completely love, acceptance, and value. And as I, out of that, looking down, boldness, it was like, um, oh, we're going to tear the devil a new one. I mean, it was like, let me at him, you know? And here's the words that came out of my mouth. In the name of Jesus, I dislodge your assignment over this city now. And I speak confusion. And I tear down all of the communication structure between you and those demonic demons below you. And I began to pray other things, things were going on. But when I prayed that, the very first thing, dislodge the assignment. So I was doing that. Sowing communication failure between those demonic spirits. I was doing it. And every time that I would give an authoritative decree, a command, then an angel from the throne room, one on one side, boom, would shoot down like lightning. Mm -hmm. And then from the other side, another one would shoot down like lightning. And they would engage the enemy and do spiritual warfare. When it was over, I turned and I looked around the throne room. Jesus stood up. He walked over to me. And he said, Mike, I'm giving an assignment to you to teach my people third heaven authority. Amanda, I'd never heard those words. Never in my entire life, all these years in ministry. Never heard the words third heaven authority until they came from the lips of Jesus. He said, there are going to be others who will be dovetailing. I'm releasing revelation now. Many people will be teaching in similar areas and it'll all be coming together. But it's necessary at this point that you teach on third heaven authority because my church has lost its perspective. They're attempting to do everything from the linear level of the earth. And then he said this. He said, from this point, now remember 2010, that's why the date matters to me. 2010, now we're in 2023. He said, from this point forward, there's going to be an increase in supernatural manifestations. He said, the veil between the earth, between the natural realm and the spiritual realm will seemingly grow thinner and as it does. There are more people that are going to be caught away to heaven. There are more manifestations of visions and dreams mm-hmm. and angelic encounters. And there'd be a drastic increase in these supernatural experiences. And he said, but that's not only on my side, in my kingdom. The same will also begin to happen in the dark areas, in Satanism, witchcraft, mm-hmm. new ageism. All those things. 
they're going to be having an increase in these kind of things too. He said, but my kingdom will overcome and stop. Amen. Isn't that tremendous? Mm-hmm. And you know, I've watched it over the last 13 years, 12 and a half technically. Um, I have watched the increase, not only in my own individual life and ministry, but people around me. I know ministers all over the United States and around the world that within six months to a year after that original encounter, they were just being taken to heaven, shown family members. Uh, They were seeing demonic spirits over their region. Mm -hmm. They were seeing angels. It just increased exponentially. Wow. So I said, okay. Then he said this, he said, angels are much more involved in spiritual warfare than you've ever known. I agree. That's so true. And he said, you, you have to learn how to let them do their job because they hearken to the word of the Lord, even when it's coming out of the believer's mouth. It's still the word of the Lord and the authority. Amen. When he finished talking to me, there was a few other things he said, but an angel walked over to me and motioned for me to follow him. So I turned and I followed the angel and we walked through the wall. There was no door because the, the wall was made up of the colors and the mm-hmm. sounds of the room. I realized that's what represented what was there. Throne room, authority mm-hmm. of the throne room, everything. When we walked through the wall into another room, it was made up of slightly different swirling colors and sounds. And the angel looked at me and without opening his mouth, I heard him basically say, There are many rooms in heaven, and they all carry their own authority. The colors, the sounds, the movement, all have specific authorities. Authorities and anointings, I should say. Anointings. Anointings are important in heaven, and they're also important on the earth. Learn the anointings. Amen. Amen. And that vision ended. That's, oh my goodness, Mike, that is some vision. That is incredible that you were A, taken there, and B, you were shown this and given this instruction from from the third heaven perspective. Many times on earth, we just see it from the perspective that's right in front of us. And there's this whole whole realm out there that's like, I call it like the Autobahn, the spiritual realm. It moves a lot faster than we do, except most people, you know, can't see it. Although you're right, it has increased in people's ability to be able to see and and be taken up to heaven and see things in the spirit. And I remember this was, I don't know, a couple years back, maybe I was taken to an enormous library and there's an angel dressed in gold that is in that library. Now, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but I was taken there. And I was sat in a chair. I was sat in a chair and I looked around. I couldn't believe all the books and how tall the ceilings were. And there was this really thick light that was coming through this arched window. The light was so bright, you couldn't see through it. 
And this, this angel in gold just started whipping around me, made me sit there and started just whipping itself and whipping itself and whipping itself around. And you could feel the charge in the atmosphere as they were doing it. Wow. That's tremendous. You know, one of the things the Lord told me, he said, up until this point, Mike, this is for me. I don't know why I, I usually don't inject this, but I'm going to Amanda, because I feel like the spirit of the Lord says to do it. And you'll understand. Mm -hmm. He said, up until now, you've waited for the Holy spirit to initiate these encounters. And I had to have thousands of them previous to that. It seems like, you know, full-time in the ministry, always moving gifts of the spirit, uh, you know, ministering to people, things in the prayer closet. And he said, it's always been the Holy Spirit coming upon you and you yielding. He said, from now on, I give you permission to initiate them yourselves. And he said, you can initiate the encounter because of the place you've reached and what I've called you to do. And you can come to heaven. You can have encounters. You can initiate them. Now, I knew at that point that he wasn't saying that I was in charge. Even if I initiate it, I still have to experience whatever it is that the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. wants to tell me and wants to do, okay? Uh, and so the reason I qualify that is because some people will say, oh, Mike, would you go to heaven and, and tell me what Jesus says about you know, my son or my husband yeah. or mm-hmm. whatever? And it's like... I. Now, I can initiate an encounter. All I can hear is what he tells me, what he shows me. So I want to be careful there. But the reason I said that is because I want people to understand that, you know, we are spiritual beings. And part of third heaven authority is realizing that we have that connection with the Lord all the time. We can go into our prayer closet. We can be standing in a crowded store and at that particular moment, enter into the secret place, open ourselves up and just walk. It's kind of like that. uh, I have told people for years is that I walk with one foot in the natural realm and one foot in the spiritual realm. I just open, you know, I don't do it perfectly. Nobody does, but I'm always perceiving, understanding, flowing, but the perceptions Amanda, there's two things that I think are very important. Mm -hmm. Number one is how we discern things, how we perceive. And the perception is moving in the spirit. We need to perceive with our spiritual senses, uh, you know, the gifts of the spirit. But besides perception, there's also perspective. And so perspective is the place that we perceive from. What Jesus did on that day is he gave me a new perspective, not from the earth up, not bumping against the linear circumstances and feeling stalemated or held back and the speed bumps and the things that are here, but to have that perspective of being high and lifted up. You know, in first, uh, in Ephesians 1, It says that Jesus was lifted up high above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. come. Man, he's seated on the throne. He's got it all. He's the ultimate authority. 
But then a few verses later in the second chapter, it says, and he has raised us up together and seated us with him in those heavenly places. We are with him. The Holy Spirit said that one of the keys is that the um, actually Jesus said that the Holy Spirit is one of the keys to operating in third heaven authority. That he has the ability, even if a person does not have the same experience that I had. You don't have to go to heaven mm-hmm. in order to operate in third heaven authority. The Holy Spirit has the ability because we are seated with him to show us through his eyes how to operate from that perspective, from heaven down. That's right. And that's so important for believers to understand. It's interesting you say that because a lot of times when I pray, I say, Lord, give me your perspective. There you go. Give me your perspective, Lord. Many times I do when I pray. I pray that way because what the Lord sees is very different from what we see. Okay. And his perspective is, is, is far greater. It's far more powerful. It's far more clear. It's far more, you know, uh, decisive. It's far. So I, I, that's a lot of times I add that when I pray and I'm trying to understand something. Oh yeah. That's very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a little bit of a side note years ago. Um, I'm talking about like 30 years ago. Uh, read a book by Roy Hicks Sr. And he was addressing the thing about Ezekiel's wheel. And in Ezekiel's wheel, uh, the wheel within the wheel is that, uh, first of all, the first chapter is about the throne room of God. That's what we're talking about to a a major degree today. Uh, When he saw that, the wheel within the wheel, and he saw the angels and Uh, the winged creatures with the eyes all around and it extended from heaven all the way to the earth is talking about the throne and the dominion of God and that it could go forward, backward, up, down, you know, no limitations. It go into the past, into the future, all of those things. So here's the point that uh, Dr. Hicks made is that the wheel within the wheel is more like a ball. Yeah. If you could think of like um, a wagon wheel or bike tire and it has a hub and then it has spokes. And if you take that bike tire and you put a whole bunch of them together that are the exact same size, which is impossible in the natural realm mm-hmm. and just on different degrees and they all have the same hub that it's like God is in the hub. I'm talking about perspective. God mm-hmm. is in the hub. And God can look down that spoke and he can look at this spoke. He can see your life in the future, in the past, in the present. There is no time. So he deals with things from the hub. And perspective then becomes us. We're like on the outside of one of those tires dealing with the natural realm. But we have the ability of the Holy Spirit to look down that spoke into the hub mm-hmm. and see God's perspective of this next spoke. And he said, that's the future perspective. Mm-hmm. What I'm adding is that's the heavenly perspective. Mm-hmm. And by faith, we walk in that. 
Praise God. Well, praise the Lord, because the authority of the believer, I think one of the biggest deceptions the enemy has perpetrated to a faction of the church is to separate them from the authority of the believer, is to sell them another bill of goods and put that separation in there where the authority of the believer is put on lockdown and isn't utilized. And I, you know, I, I see there's a faction of the church that this is going on and that the enemy has a lot of interest in right now, uh, continuing this deception. So what are some of the ways the Lord has shown you that the enemy tries to pull someone away from knowing their authority in Christ? What are the tactics? All right. One of the chapters in my book talks uh, uh, in depth about how the enemy tries to question our authority. Um, all the time. Remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the time. You <laughs> all bet. the time, nonstop. <laughs> all right. Remember in Genesis, when God created Adam and Eve, uh, placed them in the garden, mm-hmm. that Satan, the renegade spirit, came to tempt them. And he said, has God said you shall not eat. He knew that God had said. He wasn't asking that question for himself. He was asking it as a temptation to get them to disbelieve, to question themselves and what God had said. The same with Jesus, you know, in the garden, the temptation there in the gospels. Um, when Satan said, if you be the son of God, he knew he was the son of God. He said it so that Jesus would stop and think and question. And that's the biggest thing. Satan comes along and the way he tries to steal our authority. You know, Jesus himself, um, when he was operating in his earthly ministry, the Sanhedrin council would call him in. And particularly there, I think it's in the second chapter of Acts. uh, And then in Acts 3 and so forth, the early part where it talks about I'm sorry. Uh, They questioned at that particular point, the disciples, in whose name do you do this? And they did the same thing in the gospel to Jesus. By what authority? In whose name do you do this? So it's questioning. Now, So here's the thing. One of the ways that he questions is by causing condemnation. He comes in and he brings conduct. Here's something. Here's a very valid point. The Bible says that a curse without cause cannot light. So in other words, the enemy wants to bring curses, problems, things into our life. But we're born again. We have the authority of Christ. And so they cannot stick to us unless we have or allow a glue and that kind of glue that allows the enemy's attacks to stick to us are things like condemnation. Condemnation causes self-doubt. If we don't understand who we are in the Lord Jesus Christ and who he has created us to be, you know, that's why I call Ephesians the third heaven chapter, the third heaven book. I know that the other books are all good. It's all dovetails <laughs> together. Philippians and Colossians deal a lot with some of the similar problems and, and situations. 
But Ephesians, when I was in third heaven, when I was there, what I heard, what I saw, I saw replicated in the book of Ephesians. The terminology was astounding. And remember that Paul wrote that book to the Ephesians um, five years after he wrote 2 Corinthians 12, well, 2 Corinthians, but verses uh, in chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, where he said, I knew a man referring to himself who was caught up to third heaven. At that point, he said he saw things that were inexpressible. Mm, yes, I remember later, that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so a lot of people say, well, he never told. The Bible doesn't say he never told. No, it the never Bible says that. It doesn't say that those things didn't influence him. He just said at that point to the Corinthians that they were inexpressible. I believe that within that five-year period that when Paul wrote Ephesians, remember Ephesians is a lofty book. It's it the is. book that is not dealing with any specific problem in the church, addressing questions or any of those kind of things. It's Paul just simply writing an epistle to the believers to tell them about who they are in Jesus Christ. And I believe that the terminology yes. and the way that he wrote it, he learned a great deal of it from his being caught away to third heaven. You know, it, so condemnation, it, it, I kind of got off point, didn't I? Oh, that's okay. No, that's absolutely <laughs> fine. Because with Ephesians, the way Paul wrote it, it was interesting because to, to, to hammer that home with them because the climate of what they were living in at the time in Ephesus was filled with the occult. I believe the temple of Diana, I believe, was there also. There was a great temple in Ephesus also. And they, they like to practice magic and dark arts. And the temperature yeah. of what the believers were living in, you would have to know how to utilize your authority through Christ Jesus and be instructed in it, given what they were living in the middle of, because that was really a hub for the enemy and his interests. Ephesus was one of the hubs at that time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you notice that the power of God overcame. And it's easy for us in reading the scripture to say, oh, well, God wins. But how does God win? How does he move? How does he flow? That's a good question. Mm -hmm. How is it? In the book of Ephesians, the word heavenlies is used repeti repetitively. And when he talks about heavenly places, the rule of thumb in translating the scripture was uh, that there could be added in a literal translation, which is one word for one word, one word from the Greek to one word in the English. But if that one word in the English needed to be clarified slightly, the translators could add one word to it. So the word heavenlies, they added places. Mm -hmm. um, the word heavenlies is talking about the whole heavenly perspective, the, uh, the realm of the spiritual and the supernatural, and how that there are different heavenly places. Yeah. And the highest of the heavens is the throne room of God. Amen. That's where spiritual warfare takes place. Because in the sixth chapter, the end of it, he's saying we're fighting against those um, hosts of wicked spirits in heavenly places. So, we operate in that realm. So the book to the Ephesians 
then deals with how God tears down those demonic, occultic, wicked, evil, Amen. all of the right. strongholds, you know, it says tear down strongholds. And for most of my life, inside i don't know consciously whether i knew what i was doing but it's like i'm looking up and i'm tearing down strongholds but on that day that i went to heaven and since then no from above i stomp and tear down strongholds it's a whole different perspective we have the greater power amanda Amen. every believer needs to know that demons are afraid of us they're petrified I think people need to, 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 uh, to grasp that. They are petrified of those who utilize the authority of the believer. Petrified Absolutely. because they have no answer for that. They don't have an answer for that force that is almighty God and the covenant we have through Jesus Christ. He, they don't have an answer for that. That's right. And they have to obey. Amen. You know, uh, we've been doing this for a long time. You my wife, mm -hmm. myself, so many other great prophets, just believers in the Lord, operating, you know, in uh, literally, probably, I would say thousands over the course of 45 years of visions and encounters, angelic That's visitations, everything about, out of all of them, I have never one time been afraid. Not one time has a demon attacked me or tried to jump on me. Not one time, but in every occurrence where there was a demonic manifestation um, that I encountered, the demon is the one who was destroyed and ran. Amen. Not me, not God. Right. Hallelujah. Sometimes Hallelujah. there's a time element involved, but that total assurance. Wow. You know, I could say this, basically three things. And, and by the way, everybody, you can buy that book. Where um, can they buy it, Mike? Where can they buy this book? Well, probably the best place is Amazon.com. Okay. You know, it's on the internet. If they go out there and, mm -hmm. and just search, they'll find it. Okay. Third good. Heaven Authority by Mike Thompson. Okay. There it is. There it is. I love the colors. Do you know what's so Isn't important about the colors, Mike? Before before I but before yeah. you go on, many times when I pray, I see purple. Oh yeah. And see it going out of my mouth up into the heavenlies. So yeah. it's interesting because you have you have the colors of the blues and the purples in this book. Absolutely. My, I, I see a lot of dark blue mm -hmm. right on the edge of purple um, when I'm involved in those things. Yeah. Interesting. So it is. Mm -hmm. People ask me all the time about how do we do this? How do I operate in third heaven authority? There's so much. I, we don't have time to put it all in here. That's why I wrote the book. I humorously sometimes people say, what do you know about authority? I wrote the book on authority. <laughs> Get the book. You'll know what I know. But um, is that what I tell people, number one, I give them three basic steps. Oh, my lands are so much. I want to tell you. 
Amanda. Um, <laughs> well, just flow, Mr. Mike. <laughs> this, our so, dove has not stopped singing, by the way. So I know that the spirit of the Lord is moving because when begins to really move, she starts to sing nonstop. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. So where do you start? Step number one. I tell everybody, you want to operate in third heaven authority. You want to learn how to navigate the heavenlies. You want to be able to see and discern the form of the Lord. You want to have angelic encounters. You want to have the power of God absolutely flowing through you, busting demons and, you know, healing the sick and raising the dead and all that. And you want this in third heaven authority because third heaven authority is not a new kind of authority. It is the authority we have from a new perspective. And the Lord told me, and it's absolutely true, that those who will learn third heaven authority and that perspective and how to flow in it will drastically increase their effectiveness on the earth. But here it is. Step number one is do the word. That's what the Lord told me. Step number one is do the word and pray in the name of Jesus. The authority is in the name. Everything that the blood of Jesus Christ has purchased for us is backed up by the name of Jesus. Use that name. And you go, you just obey the word. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Lay hands on the sick. You know, bind the enemy, Amen. binding, loosing, all these things. Just do it, do it, and miracles will happen. For me, I spent many years in the ministry with just Hundreds of people getting saved and 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 miracles and deliverances, mm -hmm. very effective on first level. Man, you'll change the world on first level. Just do the word. The greatest act of authority is doing the word. Amen. Praise God. All right. But then here's step two. Be filled with the spirit of God. And ask the Spirit of God to give you a spiritual perspective from above. See, being raised up above is not just a thing of authority. Yes, we have greater authority, higher authority. But it's also a perspective from above. And when we ask the Holy Spirit to do that, it's like this. This one lady one time, she's... Um, I, I had preached a couple of times in one city and I come, come back the second time. And she said, Mike, when you were here priorly and you taught on third heaven authority, it changed my life. Here's what happened. She said, I've, I've been an intercessor. I pray for people, people get healed, but always I was doing it from that linear level you were talking about just right there, just reaching out. I'd bind a demon right there, or uh, I'd pray for the power of God to come just right there. And things happen. But she said, ever since I heard you teach on it, what now is happening is that while I'm praying, or even if I lay hands on somebody, on the inside of me, something just comes up and it lifts me up in the spirit. And instead of there on that linear look, I'm above looking down. I'm looking down on it. It just, it happens. The Holy Spirit just boom. And she said, from that position, I'm not aware of the limitations mm. in the natural realm the mm -hmm. way I was before. And she said, I pray, and man, 
more things are happening now. So we have to develop that kind of a perspective mindset. Now, here's number three. By the mm -hmm. way, you got to be filled with the Holy Spirit, baptizing the Holy Spirit, That's speaking right. tongues, I, moving the gifts, mm -hmm. these things totally to work agree. Way. Absolutely. Yes. Here's number three. This is where it gets into the nitty gritty. After you do one yeah. and move into two, move into three, is at that point, yield yourself to supernatural experiences. I'm talking about encounters. These kind of encounters where the glory of God come on you. It can happen in a prayer closet. It can happen in a um, a prayer line at, you know, in a meeting at church, wherever. Uh, when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you feel yourself being, I don't care if you, if you go down in the spirit, you're doing carpet time, man, right in front of the pulpit and pastors praying for you and for other people around you. When you are in the encounter, realize the encounter is not just to give you goosebumps. That's right. Or an experience that you can brag on when you go home. The encounter is to impart something into you. And when that is imparted, it becomes the glory encounter of revelation. Amen. There's an assignment. There's a commission. And at that point, pray from there. That's where most people don't realize I have talked to hundreds and hundreds of people. I can pray from there. You can pray from there. At that point, you can pray from there. If it's about you, then you pray and you release it about you. If it's about somebody else, you pray and you release it from there. But when you pray from that position of being caught away in the spirit and releasing things, man, I tell you what. That's third heaven authority. Amen. Does that make sense? It does make sense. It does. And in order to properly engage an enemy, what is something that will compare it to something that goes on? The military. What are many times they do first before they engage? They send drones high up. And they go and do what? Reconnaissance. And they look at everything from above. And when they see it from above, they have a better perspective now on what strategy to use in order to deal with whatever they're dealing with in that area. Whether it's they have to they have to take out an enemy base camp, there's a plant, there's a stockpile, there's whatever. They have to go in and save somebody. They get that perspective first. And then they go in. They don't like to go in blind. And neither should we. Perfectly said. Here's another one. An Praise eagle. God. You know, because we are eagles. We mount Oh, I love eagles. eagles. Oh, I want at one at the sanctuary. The <laughs> oh, wow. That would be really neat. Lord. <laughs> eagles are prophetic birds. They the symbolism are. of the prophetic in scripture. Uh, an eagle perched on a tree limb on the earth 
has the same power, ability, as it does when it spreads its wings and the wind of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to say, carries that eagle because we're warrior eagles. We're prophetic eagles, those of us that are wacky like this. <laughs> and lift it up. But that eagle, when he is soaring thousands of feet mm -hmm. above, now all of a sudden, all of his powers, all of his abilities come into play. And that eagle can see from a different vantage point, a different perspective. Ah, that's a beautiful doggy. He came with the so name Cyrus. A, Go on. Yeah. That's a good name. That's a good name. And so we're eagles. We have to, but I believe that the believer was created to operate in the supernatural by God. Every single one of us, all believers, and all believers can operate third heaven authority. All believers can learn how to soar. But when that eagle's looking down, in my analogy here, is he's not only looking from above, a heavenly, a third heaven perspective, looking down and viewing things. And man, those eyes. I mean, he can spot a rabbit thousands of feet that he couldn't see while he was on his perch. Their vision is incredible. Incredible. Their vision is, is amazing. Incredible. It is. But they can also, God's eagles, not only see things, but they can see into the future. That's true. And it's imperative for us to see into the future because the way that that future becomes our magnetic north, it's not just that God is just showing us something that's going to happen. He's yeah. giving us insight into it for our benefit and so that we can do something about it. He, we see into the future. And when we see into the future, oh, my hand on the camera there. When we see into the future, that becomes a spiritual memory that allows us by our faith to reach into the future, grab it and bring it into reality in our present realm as we go into it. The spiritual dynamic is astounding, but all that happens by perspective. Amen. It does happen by perspective. It happens by not allowing the enemy also to get you so wrapped up in the problem. Your eyes are on the problem and your eyes are not on the one that already has the answer, that already has seen it from the end, from the beginning. And, and the enemy loves to use that tactic where he tries to make us, you know, really turn our heads and put our eyes on the problem or overwhelm us and distract us and put our vision on something else. And that's where we have to catch it and put our eyes back on the Lord and what he wants to see and how he wants us to deal with it. Yeah, that's true. That's beautiful. Um, because God has the ability to show us exactly what our future can be. Yeah. You know, and, and just saying slightly different wording, the enemy has a future for every believer. God has a future for every believer. Yes. It's a Which bad. one do we see? Which one do we run to? Praise God. That in a nutshell, that is so much. 
that's in my book. That covers everything. If if people really want their prayer life to be enhanced, uh, then that's what the book's for. I, I really wanted to, number one, is to reveal to anybody who would read the book the reality of the spiritual realm. And the reality of the spiritual realm, not only around the individual, but also this has to do with cities and with nations. What's going on in America right now? I have a chapter that it deals a lot. strongly. Yeah, that deals strongly mm-hmm. with the spiritual warfare that's going on. What God told yeah. me and showed me about the major demonic spirits that are involved, uh, I reveal so much of it in the book. And then what to do about it and how we can win. How we can re- bring... Amen. Righteousness back to we it. need that strategy right now. Yeah, I have a chapter in there about my experiences with Michael the Archangel. I've seen him six times in the past 11 years, and so people could read about that because it dovetails quite a bit about with this spiritual warfare and what's going on. You know, I remember, and I, I've told this to people before, that many of the angels are armored that fight on our, that fight, you know, like we're talking about the warring angels, that were just built by God to fight, you know, in the heavenly places. And they're armored from head to toe in the armor of God. I've, I've seen them before, you know, standing upwards of 50 feet tall with enormous swords and completely armored and ready for battle. Now, I don't know how much you you could tell you could tell me better because you've you've seen him so many times, but is he is he armored also? Is Michael armored? Uh yes, but uh here's that's the first question that everybody asks me. Mm-hmm. What does he look like? Well, I'm uh, I'm more curious if he's armored. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, my that's first good. question. It's good. Let me tell you what he looked like. He appeared this way all six times. Mm-hmm. Um, he was about nine to ten foot tall in these appearances to me. Uh, just judging by my height, he was taller than I was by about three foot or so. Um, he wore like you would think of in Bible days. Appearance was he had on leather, uh, the leather armor with like brass and metal hinges and brads and things. He had a sword, so sandals. That's the way that he looked in these six times with me. Does he, it's, it's funny you're saying this because I, I remember a vision and I saw a man that way dressed just as you described. He was on a horse that was, that the horse was very large and it was glowing almost white from the inside out, the horse, it was all white. And it, it was, it was high up. It was, I was taken high up on a mountaintop to the stone dwelling. And this is where this gentleman was dressed in this centurion garb. 
Mm -hmm. And he had this sort of deep, I can't even describe it. It was like a deep trumpeted almost kind of voice that when he spoke, you know, there was such authority on it that it, it kind of made you almost freeze, not in a scared way, but the authority on it made you just stand at attention. But he was dressed the way that you describe. Right. Yeah, it was a surprise to me. And he did not have on a helmet. He did have longer hair, no helmet. Um, but it was, and, and these things always fascinate me. I tell people all the time that we don't make hard, fast rules. Um, and from my perspective, anyhow, when it comes to these kind of methods that the Lord brings revelation to us, you know, it's, uh, it's like in the gospel when Jesus said, that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Okay. He, it's not literal. You, we don't, we don't mm-hmm. teach and make doctrine that the kingdom of God is the size of a mustard seed or that we have to all carry around mustard seeds or that we establish the church, the first church of the mustard seed or whatever. It was the vehicle that he used. And so with these encounters, people will, uh, will say to me, is that the way heaven really is? Is that exactly the way that angels look? Is that, and what I usually tell them is, it wasn't my encounter. It wasn't my vision. But I'm not going to establish doctrine based on that. I'm going to go to the word of God, and we're going to get revelation and use this then to learn what Jesus is sharing with us about it. Amen. That has to work in conjunction. It does. What the Lord shows us works in conjunction with the word. They work together. You can't separate the two. That's right. Praise God. So I just really want to encourage everybody, get the book. I have a chapter in there on the um, clock of God. It deals with the timing of God, but from the perspective of what the Lord showed me on this great, massive evangelism and revival that is being released on the earth today. God took me in the heavens. He showed me the clock. He took me through the clock, and he showed me the uh, millions of, of people being born again on the earth and uh, streaming out of the earth into the clock of God. Well, and the angels were so excited. Angels saying, here they come. Here they come. <laughs> we are in the time that when you look at the circumstances, as far as I'm concerned, Amanda. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're bleak. People, there's so many people that are prophesying the end of the world and, and all these things. And, and I, I just see the glory of God coming. But here's the main thing is that Jesus can't come back. There can't anything happen in whatever, however you view eschatology um, without mass revival and evangelism. And we're having it. We are having it. And that is true. I mean, he can't, God has appointed times and he has an order and there, and this has to happen first. This, this massive harvest, this massive glory of God hitting the earth. That has to happen first before anything else happens in Revelation. Absolutely. So, agreed. Absolutely. Agreed, Mr. Mike. 
<laughs> this has been fascinating. It has been absolutely fascinating. And we would uh, we would love to have you back on to maybe dive deeper into some of these things because people need to know this right now. They need to learn it. They need to live it. They need to walk by it. Uh, it, it's so crucial right now for what's happening in our nation, for what's happening in the world, that mm -hmm. we get into order with this. We get into order with this. Absolutely. Praise God. And to God goes all the glory. He is moving. And I, and I have to say Amen. this to, for all of the viewers. You are in the spiritual realm created to be so much more than you ever dreamed possible. In the natural realm, you might need to accept that you're probably not as hot as you think you might be <laughs> in the natural realm, only in the sense that we're in this position where we've got to allow our inner man to grow and gain ascendancy and overcome our outer man. Amen. And release the power of God. Hallelujah. You can Hallelujah. do it. Amen. We can do it. And we have to do it. And we're called to do it. That's it. That's it. We are called to do it. And if more people, I think, got the concept of this and understood this, oh, my goodness gracious, what would happen in this nation? Oh, I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yes. God's on the move. Oh, he definitely is on the move. I, I'm seeing it. You're seeing it. It's incredible what's happening. People think this is over. I'm like, no, this is far from over. This is far from over with what we see happening. Oh, absolutely. You know, right now, um, it is the church's staying force, the Holy Spirit within us. But we are the ones that have that absolute supreme mm -hmm. spiritual power. And if we use it, and use it right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We can change this world, turn it upside down again. And um, I believe that there is a greater numeric remnant on the earth than we have ever seen. Pe people are being trained. God is training people to operate in third heaven authority, but to rise up, move in the spirit, prayer warriors, walk in faith. I mean, blow demons up, Amen. change things around. It's remarkable. And I'm so excited about it. So yes, we have great hope. We do. We have great hope. Our hope is in the Lord. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God to the pulling down and destruction of strongholds. That's it. Well, thank you, Mr. Mike Thompson, for joining us today. I have very much so, enjoyed so this. Much. Anytime, Amanda. And we Appreciate will we will have you back on. Oh, we'll have you back on. <laughs> because you I, I like it because we 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 can we could do a deeper dive into some of these things because you and I understand some of these things and we've had some similar experiences in some ways. And so I just think people need this right now. They need to be equipped with this. The Lord equips us with every good and perfect gift that comes from above. He never poorly equips us for a battle. We need to understand this and we need to start operating in it. So thank you. 
All right. Thank you so much for having me on. God bless you, Mr. Mike. And that was Mike Thompson. You can get his book, Third Heaven Authority, uh, wherever basically books are sold, including, he said, on Amazon. It is on there as well. It will definitely give you a very, very much needed perspective in this time. So God bless everyone. Thank you for joining us today. The dogs have been running in and out. (laughs) Keep the faith. Armor up according to Ephesians chapter six, and we will be back on soon. God bless everyone. And I have to tell you something, they work. It is an alternative to big pharma based on quantum physics, over 40 scripture verses written into these patches for everything from blood sugar, anxiety, pain, neuropathy, to immune system boost, dog pain. They are very sincere about um, having alternatives to big pharma. We are a big advocate of natural solutions to help with pain and, and, and blood sugar and a host of other issues. I yeah. tried the pain patches and, yes. and they worked when I used them. When you connect it to your body, the skin patch changes changes your brainwaves. Sugar, this one is neuropathy. I actually have it on. And we use this on Toby, actually, because Toby's about eight years old. And from being paralyzed years ago and the Lord miraculously healing him, he has a little leftover with his joints and his hips. So we actually give him the doggy pain patches. What was he doing? He was running? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I walked him out. And wow, he's boom. And he got power. I said, no way. And I don't know. I said, Amanda, what? What did you do to him? To <laughs> <laughs> so it's good.